Welcome to the Modern Woodworkers Association, a podcast about woodworking from folk who woodwork. Woodworking is what we do, who we are, and what we like to talk about. So join us as we have a drink, sit around, and talk woodworking. Hi, and welcome to the 296th episode of the Modern Woodworkers Association podcast. I'm Kyle Barton of K. Barton Tools, and I'm here with my co-host, Sean Wisniewski of The Corner Workshop. Today, we're visiting with Mike Powers, longtime friend of the show and a fantastic woodworker. So welcome to the show, Mike. Hi, guys. Hello, yeah. hello. And uh, for those uh, listeners, you may also know Mike as turning sawdust into groceries on Instagram and other social <laughs> media platforms, which I think is one of the greatest uh, uh, handles out there. <laughs> Heck yeah. It's, it's funny, too, because I just co-opted it. It's uh, something uh, old boss used to say uh, like almost 20 years ago. And uh, he'd say, yeah, we're just... Everybody having a good time turning sawdust into groceries, and so <laughs> I just I just co-opted it. He didn't use it anywhere, so now it's mine, and it's legally mine because it's trademarked. So yeah, there you hey, go. Hey, there you go. There you go. That's that's pretty cool. I I, I never knew that. That is uh, that's a heck of a way to start. That I mean, all the you know you know so, crappy sayings my dad said I could have you know, spun yeah. into something, but so yeah. what's in, what's involved in trademarking something? An okay. awful lot, an I'm awful lot, figure. awful lot of paperwork, and and uh, it's funny. Uh, it's it's set up to you from doing it yourself, basically, mm-hmm. and making making you pay a lawyer to do it. But yeah. uh, so are your taxes. So mm-hmm. Be, mm-hmm. you know, being familiar doing TurboTax, you know, for my entire adult life, uh, we we did it. We're both you know fairly legalese savvy and so we did it and uh i just had just got a, another batch of t-shirts in and uh we're just waiting for the final uh final stamp uh but it's already been trademarked but you know then you have to go okay this is the stuff i'm selling so uh, mm-hmm. got some t-shirts and stuff and so though they'll there will be uh turning sawdust into groceries t-shirts uh, available pretty soon Oh, hot cool. diggity. Cool. You'll have to yeah. make sure to, and I know you will, but share that out so that uh, we, oh, can, absolutely. Yeah. we can join in on that. That's cool. Yeah, I'll have to absolutely. pick me up one, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I was going through my woodworking uh, sh- sh- uh, t shirt collection and going, yeah, these are getting pretty cruddy with all the glue stains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> time, to, time to refresh the collection. So this is mm-hmm. going to be great. All right. Um, so, um, well, let's uh, move into uh, points of interest in our woodworking community over the last, believe it or not, it's only been a week since we recorded. And I was like, is there anything out there that's new? There's a lot out there. Yeah. The hits keep hitting. I think it's pretty cool. Exactly. So, um, First off, um, um, Lost Art Press um, did a blog post uh, yesterday, matter of fact, and uh, there's a Vitri, Vitria, however you pronounce that, V-I-T-R-A, Vitria. Vitra, Vitra. you're putting an extra syllable in there. I am, I am. You know, pronunciation is not my uh, strong suit. So anyway, but but um, it's a uh, design museum in uh, Germany, 
and, um, and I think they're associated with a chair manufacturer there in Germany too. And it's kind of an offshoot of them. At least that's what it seemed like from this documentary, but they have amassed a great collection of chairs over the 20th and, um, here in the 21st century, you know, significant chairs and design that came along. And so this is a 90 minute documentary that they've put together. that just kind of goes over, uh, some of the, some of the chairs in their collection. If once you see the documentary, they got a lot of chairs in the collection, but these are probably the most significant ones. And I think it starts like the, like 1890s and goes up into current and they just go over each of the chairs. And, um, for the most part, uh, the documentary is in German with English subtitles, but there are sections of it that is in English, too, uh, with no subtitles. But it's 90 minutes long, and there's not a lot. Uh, well, there are some um, chairs that are actually made of wood. A lot of it, you know, kind of like some of the Eames chairs and mm-hmm. and things of that nature. But they do go into a lot of the Danish, which are wood-based. But And then, of course, you got tubular steel and plastic and fiberglass chairs and all of that. But if you're interested in the chairs, it's definitely worth a while. There are definitely some, some chairs in there for me. I go, man, those things are ugly. But... <laughs> <laughs> hey, there are significant uh, chairs, and I guess in the design history, but it's a uh, it's pretty good. And uh, if you go over to Lost Art Press blog, they they have a um, he has a blog post about it. And like I said, it's free to watch. It's ninety minutes. Who knows how long it's going to be up? So if it interests you, uh, I would get over there and uh, take a look at it. Like I said, it was, I found it pretty interesting. Subtitles are a little bit um, hit or miss because, you know, I'm trying to look at the chair and read the subtitles at mm-hmm. the same time, which is mm-hmm. kind of kind of bad. But uh, but, you know, hey, it's it's free and uh, it's it's pretty in-depth and it's a great look. One of the things that I thought was really great is not only are they showing you these chairs, but they also have little tiny models of the chairs, too. Mm. So so it's That's really interesting. interesting. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. interesting. So they'll show you the chair and then he'll bring out his tiny models and go over, well, here's this chair and see how it looks, you know, see some of the designs that went into this, you know, chair that was produced later on. And you can kind of really see it from the little little models that he has of them. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I did. I had that pulled up yesterday, but just never got to press play on it. I kept getting pulled away. Uh, mm-hmm. I was at work or working in in my basement. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, it looked, looked uh, interesting. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, it is. And um, next up, um, uh, there's a new book that uh, Lost Art Press is importing to the U.S., and it's a chair related, of course. It's called The Welsh Stick Chair, A Visual Record. I first uh, saw this. um, Chris Williams uh, posted about it, and it's a book that, of course, was uh, uh, done there in uh, Wales. And and I guess um, uh, Christopher Swartz decided to go ahead and import it and sell it. And it just arrived this morning to me, and I just had a chance to flip through it. Oh. And it is pretty cool. It's a pretty cool little uh, book. It's a uh, soft cover, um, but it's got full-color pictures and lots of detail shots. And um, it goes over a number of um you know, just kind of photo essays and some, um, uh, you know, uh, some descriptives about each of these chairs. And I think there are about 31 chairs and then a number of stools, probably 40 odd um, uh, different chairs and stools in here. And it's 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 really quite good um, from what I like I said, I just got it this morning and uh, just kind of thumbed through it. But it's it's pretty nice. Well, that's nice. that's pretty cool. And then, I mean, you'll have to let us know as you. As you go through it a little more, and yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, I think there's a couple of uh, uh, 
from some of the posts I've seen, I think there's a couple of people on Instagram that one or two of their chairs are actually in this book. So, but I haven't gone into that kind of detail yet and I could be wrong there, but anyway, just, uh, but, uh, you know, if you're into the, if you're into chairs, if you're into especially Welsh stick chairs, this is definitely a must pick up and it's, um, it's fairly reasonable. It's 27 bucks. So, you know, plus shipping. So it's not too bad either. Mm, and that's coming domestically. It's not shipping. Yeah, from yeah. This is yeah. Okay. It's coming from yeah. It's coming from uh, Chris's place, I believe. Huh, nice. Yeah. Very cool. So anyway, so Sean, what do you got? Yeah. So I this actually just came across my Facebook feed today. Fine Home Building posted it, and um, you know, clicked on the link, went in, and um, I'm not a subscriber, but you know, I can get the view of a few articles before I get into that. So if, if you're in that case too, um, it would just kind of struck me from the image. Uh, it, it's this, they call it a build a sturdy, a sturdy shop table. Well, when you mm-hmm. get into it, what they're doing, this is actually, it's dated for the July 2020 issue and they're already releasing it online, which is, I don't know if that's normal or not, but I, that kind of caught my eye. I noticed, um, I think it's something Taunt must be doing. Cause I noticed fine, um, uh, fine woodworking did the same thing. They released mm-hmm. a couple of articles earlier that you could download. No, but it's so it's this table, and I didn't get the I didn't look into it to see the dimensions of it. But basically, it's torsion box top, except mm-hmm. it's open, and it's meant to be a work surface cutting surface because underneath it you've got from the center slanted ramps that spill into dust collection boxes, and it's all built out of like three or four sheets of plywood. Um, really kind of an interesting design. Looks like mm-hmm. it would be hella robust once it's put together, but it's a bunch of gang gang together cuts and and um I mean kind of that typical like you yeah that's been around for a long time. If you get a bunch of one by fours and you slot them, you can make a, a checkerboard of them and that's mm-hmm. just kind of a sacrificial table. Um yeah. it's that it's that on stilts with with a little bit of semi dust control or at least just it won't fall on the ground. It'll fall into a collection area. Just kind of an interesting little little thing. I thought that was uh, a cool little, little thing. I don't often click on on sponsored yeah. stuff in Facebook, but uh, that one grabbed me. Oh no, that is that is really cool. I like the dust collection and, and things. So I think if you did a lot of work in plywood, especially mm-hmm. this would be very or any sheet goods. Um, this would be very very handy if you know you don't have one of those. Um, European panel table saws. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, right. And I mean, he assembles it, and it's yeah. it like it holds a big festival track, and and he uses the track saw to, to make yeah. it. But if you, I mean, if you so much as put a four inch dust port on one end of it, it would be all the better, I think. I mean, it would be a big open ass space, but it would at least help then mm-hmm. ev- evacuate those boxes for you, and you know, or you could. Yeah. I mean, you. I. It looks like one of those things like you can be getting inspiration from it and say, okay, I could do that, but I could change this or or modify this in a little way and. Uh, it's kind of neat. It, this is on the on the tail legs of my dad just getting one of those. Um, what are they? The the spider tables. The right, um, right. Ama- yeah. uh, who makes those? Um, uh, Bora. Yeah, it's a Bora. I was thinking a Mana yeah. for some reason. No, it's Bora. But yeah, and he got he got like the smaller one, but he's just geeked about it, you know. And he's talking about you know yes. getting different sacrificial boards to put on top of them and all this other stuff. I'm like, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, I remember Matt Vanderlist having one back when he was like consistently active on, on his stuff that yeah. great to see that stuff coming back um doesn't diami doesn't use one it's, i think so I think, it's, I think it's called a centipede yeah centipede. Yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah i don't think yeah. They, yeah they don't yeah. make that one anymore but yeah and yeah. then the great thing about those tables is they collapse that's the only disadvantage i see yeah. of this thing is yeah it's it's, it's, it's huge it's, 
it's a behemoth. Yeah, you can, I mean, you can make a smaller one. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, it's like as I'm as I'm looking at my my shop that is still not completely put together. There's no way in hell I could build that table that I'm mentioning. <laughs> um, but you're right. I could put a centipede in here and just bring it out when I need it and put it back. Yeah, because I mean, it, it collapses down to like the size of a a you know party tent. You know, mm-hmm. and you're you're on the way. As a little yeah, side like, side note. It's like a giant camp chair. The way it folds yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Just yeah. accordions in, accordions out to your yeah. liking. Well, that is cool. I, yeah. I, do, I do like the table, and like I said, I think you can get some inspiration. You don't have to necessarily build something that big, but um, if you had the space and you did a lot of sheet goods, yeah, it could definitely oh, hell uh, yes. pay off. Yeah. So yeah, that is fantastic. Mm-hmm. So um, next up, um, that seems to be the season that people are introducing new lays. So Powermatic has a new lathe out, and everyone seems to be introducing these intermediate size. They'll have you know their uh, uh, a nice you know I want to say upper echelon lathe that's small and an upper echelon lathe that's big, and it seems like uh, Powermatic's now. Uh, put an upper echelon lathe that's in between their small one and their big one, uh, similar to what uh, Laguna's done here in the last couple of weeks. And uh, this one's called the PM2014. So um, it's got a 14-inch swing over the beds and um, 20-inch distance between centers. Um, and of course, I think you can add extensions onto that if you need to. And um, it's right around the same price that Laguna was. It was basically the same footprint, about um, two thousand mm-hmm. dollars. And uh, one of the things that's interesting is it has an inverter in it, so you can mm-hmm. easily convert this to um, one fifteen volt single phase power to two thirty volt three phase output so if you had a uh, shop that had three phase power or this was in a commercial application you could definitely uh, convert this over so that's that's pretty interesting that's pretty neat i like yeah. the um the the what is the wing at the end you know for a an available that, um tail stock there oh yeah yeah it looks like it looks like you could probably i don't know if the head on that uh yeah i lay the moves and it kind of get a like larger swing to. yeah 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 I so if you so. were if you were doing a yeah. platter beyond the diameter uh, to yeah. a certain limit and then they've got a banjo that's got an extra like extendo arm on it that mm-hmm. allows you to get a tool rest out and over yeah that's pretty neat that's, yeah, it's and it's right in the same ballpark. Most of these ladies are, are at it, two thousand bucks. So um, yeah, so if you're in the uh, in the market for a lathe, you might want to check that out. Yeah, it's almost like I want to get next to these things because going from my little midi size ten fourteen, and then mm-hmm. seeing seeing the image of this, but then reading that it's really just a fourteen twenty, mm-hmm. you go, how big is it really? Because I mean. The yeah. the ten the ten fourteen mind you it's a six inches shorter but mm-hmm. it it sits on the floor I can pick it up and move it like does six yeah. inches oh, make yeah. that much of a difference like that's that's astounding because well, that thing looks it, like a behemoth compared yeah it says it weighs one hundred and eighty five pounds I mean okay so. that's I'm not going to be easily yeah. lifting that around but yeah it's not mm. too unreasonable to move but it's not something you want to do every day oh it does <laughs> say there that the headstock tailstock and banjo sli- slide off. Okay. So all yeah. all of that is is movable. So definitely the end the end turning is available as well. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it, I just have the tiny little uh, midi lathe, you know, twelve and a half inch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's super tiny. Yeah, yeah. Mine mine is nothing to uh, to write home about. And by the time you put a Novachuk on it, it's really you're limited on what you can actually <laughs> oh, stick between oh, them. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, you go you go deluxe. You're losing. Uh, you're losing. I know. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to turn those mallets in two pieces. I think. Um, mm. Do the heads and the handles kind of thing? Yeah, because I don't think with the uh, with the Novachuk on there, I don't think it'll be long enough. Right. Mm. Oh, you yeah. sell a few and then buy one of these, so <laughs> then you have the capacity to do them all in one piece. That would be great. Mm-hmm. Well, I, ju- I just have the jet, uh, the 12-inch variable speed, but I got an extra bad extension. I think I can get about just a little over 30 inches in center, and I'm thinking about buying another extension or another lathe. I don't know. Ah, uh, yeah. See, like, <laughs> I know the extensions aren't nearly the price of, of admission on a, on a new lathe, but at what yeah. point do you say, eh, maybe I'll just wait and get another machine instead yeah. of... Yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah, especially I'd have to I'd have to redo my uh, lay stand, which I built for mine, which was funny um, because I built my lay stand for the lathe and then I bought an extension. So then I had to expand my lay stand for the extension. So if I bought another extension, am I going to have to expand my stand <laughs> further? <laughs> Probably. Probably. And uh, yeah. at, that, at that point, I did put. Uh, some casters that you can put under it, you know, it'll, the casters will flip out of the way. But I think if I put another extension, it's not going to be mobile. <laughs> so anyway, first world problems. So mm-hmm. anyway, but um, uh, with the new Powermatic lathe and talking about lathe, um, uh, Julio Vargas, way too dusty on Instagram, posted about some duplicating fingers that are made by a Richard Finely. Uh, um, he's a turner out of England and uh, has a website, turnersworkshop.co.uk. And uh, these duplicating fingers are actually pretty darn neat. Um, what they are is they're basically metal bars that mount behind your lathe. So if you turn a spindle, then you can take these metal bars, they, they, uh, they slide on a uh, three-quarter inch tube, and you can put these metal bars on top of your spindle and you know they they just ride on top of your spindle at all the major diameters that you're cutting to Mm -hmm. so that so that once you turn a spindle and you like the way it looks you like all the diameters you set these bars up based on that spindle then you put your new um um a piece of wood in there to turn and as you hit these major diameters these fingers will just fall out of the way so you know you've hit your diameter that's crazy yeah yeah it is crazy and then like, they're, they just freely swing down, and then they're definitely yeah. way out of the way. Yeah, you just got to be careful. Way. You got to be know careful you... not to be leaning on it like seriously when it falls off. <laughs> you, <gotta laughs> like, you just come up and just kiss it and kiss it and kiss it until it goes boop. But yep. it, it it really it, in that way, once it's set up, it replaces bringing a caliper out, right? Yeah. I mean that's the idea. You that's don't have to idea. have that. And, and so and you, know, and you yeah. know it's matched yeah, first spindle that you uh, turned yeah. and reference off. Of. Yeah. So everything's that's interesting. Gonna, I've never seen yeah. anything like that, but that is that's that's terribly cool. And for yeah. something like like what I knew you do, Kyle, with your your spindle turning, mm-hmm. I mean that's oh, a, yeah. So I don't know what the pound pound re, uh, ratio is to the dollar right now, but for um, a set of set of five for sixty five pound. Um, yeah, I think that's going to be about eighty bucks. Eighty? Okay, so yes. shipped a hundred maybe. Yeah, yeah, that's I think that's what I looked at. I looked does, at this. Yeah. Does that? 
uh, I don't know. Does that compute? Is that a is that a fair price? Yeah, in, I think in it's your a mind? fair price. The only the only drawback is it just includes these fingers. So, like I said, they fit on a three quarter inch bar, and yeah. um, then uh, he has a little. In some of his photos, he has a little wooden contraption that mounts the bar to to his lathe, which is simple to build. I mean, it'd take you a couple of hours at most to uh, fashion something together. So you do have to fat, you do have to, you know, um, you know, cobble that together because you only right. really get the the metal fingers. But um, it's not bad, and I'm seriously considering uh, about uh, about ordering some. Yeah, so. that's that's kind of cool. I'd be. Oh, and are they like can't? Some of them are canted at different angles. He's got images. Yeah, I think if you go to his uh, Instagram, uh, yeah, page, he actually has some demos about doing it. And again, that's uh, Richard uh, Finely, F I L. Yeah, I mean that's a pretty. L, I'm sorry, F I N D L E Y. E Y. Yeah, it's that's a pretty intricate one in, in the first yes. Instagram image and. I could see that that would be a definite benefit. I mean, I'd be reaching. For, I, you'd have to have six different calipers to set at those dimensions for repeatability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and that's all kind of taken care of. That's kind of cool. Yeah. And you can buy different ones. So if you have more intricate turnings, like uh, the sixty-five dollars gets you five, of, so you could uh, reference five dimensions, and then uh, you can get. 10 of them for 130 pounds and you can buy just a single one for 14 pounds. So you can start with five and build up from there if you wanted to. But I think five would probably cover everything. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Most. And yeah, I'm just, I'm just watching the, one of the real quick videos he's got on there. That is really cool. Cause it is, it's a rounded, a rounded piece of metal and it just sits there and just, it, it's writing as he's, he's kind of got a parting tool just going down to a diameter Mm-hmm. And just goes zoop, and it falls away. And he just he then he brings the contours from either side down to that to that level. That is really cool, huh? Yeah. Oh, oh and seeing they're knuckled too. So you, the way you get them up and set them in place. So yeah, it's not sure. like it's not like you have to like balance them up while you load a piece of no, stock. No. You can actually break it and then set it and and then okay, so he's establishing. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Get yourself some, Kyle. I know you are. Yeah, I probably am. <laughs> <laughs> It's like every month I got something new I got to order, but I think um, I'm definitely going to order those. It might be a month or two. I got to work within my budget. Mm-hmm. So anyway, but yeah, probably probably I will uh, definitely pick some of those up. They are they are very cool. Well, um, let's move on to what's in the shop. So, um, Sean, what are you working on? Yeah, so not not specifically in my shop, but I've got bees. Really? We got, our, we got our bee shipment yesterday, so I have a hive in my backyard Ooh. now. So now these, these are the Asian hornets? No, these are not massive <laughs> murder hornets or anything of the sort. <laughs> they're uh, they're a, an Italian uh, a, Italian hive. Technically, it's a, nucle, a nucleus. Uh, that's how you oh. kind of do they, purchase do they them. Make, do they make gelato? <laughs> yeah, their honey is their honey is sweet <laughs> and goes nice on ice cream. Absolutely. Um, so. So basically, you ordered a big box of murder hornet bait. Yes, yes, yeah, and in so many. Terms. Good job. Um, so I'm I'm thankful. Now, you know, Mike, you're you're out west, so maybe it's a little more serious because they were at least on the west coast. But um, I heard that the murder hornets don't like, or they like high elevation. So I think oh, I'm okay. Great. I'm near I'm near Lake Erie. I'm only a few hundred feet above absolute sea level. Five thousand uh, feet. Yeah, I'm at, I'm at like 600 feet, so I think I'm okay. Um, 
But no, yes, technically I have bait, but I like to think that I've got pollinators for the plants. See, everyone's garden is going to be better because of that. There you go. And and we're not trying to to steal their honey, but um yeah, we just came into being uh amateur beekeepers. And um and that got me into the shop to make uh, a very simple, super dumb simple, but I got to play with some of my fun tools. Mm-hmm. Uh making um just I it what I made was an inner it's called an inner cover. So it it goes on top of the boxes, but it is not the lid. Um, and it's a, it's meant to reduce airflow, and and I can re, I can add something to re, re, well totally restrict movement out of it. Um, but it, it helps contain them a little bit. Mm-hmm. And all I did was I got I got one by two furring strips. I mean cheap ass, never straight wood. But I cut right. it in into the sizes I need. I half lapped the joints. I pegged him because Diami wanted me to, and um, but before that I used I used my tongue and groove plane to route a quarter inch uh, groove in them, and uh, I can I am happy to say that I can glue line rip quarter inch plywood with a handsaw direct to a pencil line, and it fit perfectly uh, nice. into that little frame. Yeah, and uh, and so it's it's actually out there and in use. And I, I checked on them this morning. They're they're eating and. Um, we're, we're giving them a little sugar water and they're sucking it dry and which is good. They're, they're getting their, uh, extra boost as they're into a, in a new area and a new mm-hmm. yard and, and, uh, Hey, we're going to see how that goes. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So then, um, there's a number of woodworking, uh, companies that make stuff for beekeepers. I know you, in a, in it like lead jigs, you know, the dovetail jig guys, oh, do they? I think they make something. Yeah. So you know, to make so the little the, bee the things. G- yeah. Yeah, the, the general the general construction. Of, I mean, the boxes are just um, finger jointed boxes at worst, and yeah. if not, it's a um, it's a, a rabbited corner, you know, construction, and you can just nail it together. I mean, it doesn't have to be fancy. That's why I like I was I use furring strips. There's just nothing fine about this. Um, it was a couple of hand planes to true stuff up, but I didn't even no need to sand it, no need to whatever. I was able to just cut the joinery get it together, put it out there. But um, if you're going to the end of making the frames, I could see like Lee might have a, a way to repeatably route those things because the, the frames that they build their house on is yep. basically a thin rectangular frame that then depending a medium of plastic or wire or other can go in between, but the grooves and the spacing are what like define how they stack up in the hive. Mm-hmm. And so it's pretty precise. So I, I, I never even looked at like, yeah, if yeah. I just, that. I just, I just looked. So, uh, Lee, uh, mm-hmm. Jigs, they have the, you want the item B nine seven five. Okay. That's the box joint and B hive jig. And uh, they have the they have a uh, user guide, and they even have an instructional DVD. Well, of course they do. Look if at you, that. If you have a DVD player, <laughs> I mean, Blu-ray <laughs> plays DVD, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh doesn't yeah. It? Yes, okay. it does. Yeah. Now, I mean, call call me old-fashioned, but um, um, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna cut box joints, it's gonna be with a, a small yeah. dovetail saw. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But <laughs> this is for for you know a screaming router. But anyway. Uh, oh yeah. But yeah. I mean, that's I I honestly I never knew that. But yeah, box joint and beehive router jig. Look at that. Yeah. You can get it on Amazon for a hundred bucks. But I mean, and that's that's essentially it. It's like fat, to- uh, you know, finger joint. 
mm-hmm. construction. And it, again, it doesn't even need to be that. That's that's sturdy, but I mean, these are just pine boxes. So I've already I've said that like I'm gonna start looking and sourcing. I think just clean one by eight and I can make more boxes. Like that's all I really need. It's yeah. it's not fine furniture. Now, do you have the entire beekeeper outfit with the little smoker and all that kind of stuff? I do. We actually have two of the outfits. The wow. it's a combined like shirt with hood mm-hmm. and then gauntlet gloves that go up to your elbows. Um, and so I, yeah, when I was installing, I, I just did this yesterday, legitimately at like lunchtime. Um, I, I took the queen out of her travel box and put her into the hive and then turn. I didn't, I didn't do the shaking or pissing off the bees. I, I, I set them <laughs> gently and they marched their butts right out there and they're, they're happy as can be inside that thing. Um, but I was in that protective suit and it was the it was strange. I didn't really think about it a bunch, but it is enough protection and I could hear them buzzing and they would every once in a while get on me, but they couldn't get to me. Mm-hmm. And and I was fine. I went out there this morning and flip flops and, and, and checked on them. And, you know, yes, I've got exposed skin, but they weren't interested in that. They're really not. It was the weirdest thing. I will say that the weirdest thing picking them up because we got them from the post office. This just went USPS, right? Right. And to go into the post office, wait in line, and just say, I'm here for the bees. And they <laughs> walk back, right? Because we're the only ones. Yeah. And and the guy came out, and here's this little simple pine box with screen sides, and the bees mm-hmm. are just in there. They're not making a sound. They didn't buzz. Nobody mm-hmm. was flying. They're just kind of clung in a one big clump. Yeah. And I put them in the back of my car. I drove home, got them out, and they – I mean, it was the, the weirdest thing considering I had a few thousand bees in my hand. Mm-hmm. Like – a totally new thing. So add that to my my uh, current quarantine. What did you learn thing? And yeah. uh, we're getting into beekeeping. That's a, that's our new adventure. Nice. Yeah. Plus, it's good for allergies to use your own honey. Well, yeah, and thankfully we don't have terrible terrible allergies in the in the family. But you're absolutely right. Like getting that local supply. I was actually talking to a friend this morning, and she has friends that um, one of them has honey that's super sweet, and one of them has honey that's a little spicy. Mm-hmm. And so it's all about what they eat, what they find, what the, what pollen mm-hmm. they grab. And so I'm kind of interested to see what ours will produce should, you know, maybe next year. I don't even know if this year if we'll get any, but we'll see how, how well they grow and hmm. and go. Much to learn. Much, much to learn. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Well, you'll, uh, you'll definitely next time we meet up somewhere, you'll definitely have to bring some honey. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. that's the hope. And you, and you had a and you had a post where you were woodworking on Instagram. I know exactly. I know. <laughs> and I I don't. I mean, look at my feed. I think I've got less than fifty in the however many years I've ever posted on Instagram. It's not common, um, but it did. It got me to like kind of step back and and you know yeah. admire what I was doing. And and I love I love using some of those tools. But that Lee Nielsen tongue and groove plane. It is a one and a half trick pony. Right. Mm-hmm. It, it does something, but it does it so well. Yeah. And it's a single tasker, but yeah, it is. It yeah. is. But I, I, and that's, I've used that. So I have, um, yeah. I have a cabinet that I've not even finished, but that's all it's frame and panel, but it's done with the tongue and groove plane to right. make the, the, every, everything in it. And I, um, I haven't been able to use it a lot, but I think of it when I think of joinery, like something like a drawer bottom or something like that. Like, oh yeah, I can just cut a quarter inch groove, a quarter inch offset. I've got that mm-hmm. tool. Like, boom, set up and go. Yeah. Yeah. I've looked at that plane a number of times thinking about getting it, but yeah, it's just like, I don't do that much tongue and groove. And mm-hmm. I, and I do have a, a few planes that kind of collect dust that maybe get used once every blue moon. 
Right. Like, no, so yeah. it was it was using my spoke shave, my box spoke shave. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget a couple weeks ago I was doing something with that. And then getting that plane's got me thinking, I, I have a gift card to Lee Nielsen I need to spend. I and I know the the I, I have a bunch of old old tools like mm-hmm. cla- vintage Stanley and and worse uh block planes and bench planes. And I know if I would get even the the pocket plane you know from yeah from get that, 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 little bron- that little bitty bronze one i have one of those and those are fantastic yeah and that's all i need because i mean i what i did when i when i pegged those those corners mm-hmm. i brought out a, i brought out a number four you know mm-hmm. to get at it oh yeah i my my block planes are junk compared and but i think a good hefty bronze Block plane might actually have done the job just as well. Yeah, I think that little one. I think it's like 100, 120 bucks somewhere around. Right yeah. around. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got I've got 50 bucks to spend. Hey. I want a I want a fro too. So I was thinking about getting a fro. I don't know. That's yeah. Uh, yeah. The I've fro heard, would just split firewood, as far as I know. Yeah, I've heard good things about the uh, Lee Nielsen fro. So mm-hmm. yeah, I've never mm-hmm. used one. But no, and I I've used I I use wedges and sledgehammers in my backyard mm-hmm. constantly to split up lumber. And uh, not instantly. We had just we just burn burn it outside. But mm-hmm. it would be it would be a more controlled way to do what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And I really kind of I I've been eyeing it for years. I I haven't heard, so I don't know. This might have gotten me to spend a little more money on. <laughs> <laughs> well, what good. what doesn't what doesn't get you to spend more money? I on know. Uh, all of bad, all of us. Yeah, okay. it's a bad habit, but it's it's what happens. Oh. Well, for me, um, in my shop, I've just been shooting videos and editing videos all <laughs> week long and not getting to anything that I really wanted to get to. But, you know, I really wanted to get these videos out. But it's on my new um, lathe tinning jig um, that I uh, came up with uh, based on uh, some stuff that Julio Vargas posted. I think I've mentioned it before on the podcast, but um, I wanted to really put together a video because it's not something I'm going to sell. It's, you know, uh, because it's way too dependent on the dimensions of your lathe and whatnot. But I wanted to uh, go ahead and release some videos because people are interested about just how I built mine so that if they want to build one for themselves, they could see some of the things that I did. So uh, I did a uh, another video, just a general introduction video. I actually posted that today. That's the first video and I posted it last. But anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> but then I posted a video on um, how I actually built mine. And uh, then I posted a video about how to set up and uh, actually use use it. So hopefully people find that interesting. And um, I think it's I think it's going to be a real benefit um, out there, especially doing tapered tenons, um, uh, straight tenons. It's also fantastic to do. Um, but there are a couple other ways you can do straight tenons. Uh, the bedan is the uh, most used method, and I think that's still qualified and probably as quick if not quicker than using my tool but if you don't have a bedan or you are you're not that good at using a bedan uh this uh this jig will definitely uh do that for you in a very consistent manner so anyway look for those out there they're on my instagram feed and i do have a youtube channel and i'll be posting that to the youtube channel this weekend yes i do but there's not much out there and i think i got like 12 subscribers <laughs> okay hold on you're about to have 13 hold on give me a second no so well, i was watching i was watching your video and yeah. i think i thought about this before but i haven't brought it up to you um with that with the carbide cutter and you you've mm-hmm. mentioned before that it's, it's a scraping cut yeah um 
Do you ever get or have you found doing repeated tasks that the chips get in the way of your sled so that you don't actually get tight to your guide fence? Well, well, what I have is um, the um, the uh, template, as I call it, mm-hmm. um, uh, that the um, sled rides again. In this case, it has a groove on the bottom of it, so any dust that falls in there it will be pushed into that okay. groove. Okay. Okay. So, so that doesn't interfere. Yeah. I figured yeah. it wasn't it wasn't awful, but it I just mm-hmm. noticed it from the one shot that you were cutting, and I just saw the chips falling right in front of the, right. the, the the block stand that that you're attached to and going yeah. oh i wonder if that's that's built up now you need to add like a, a an airstream yeah. or something to clear out <laughs> those chips as you go yeah no the groove seems to take care of it yeah yeah i've had no no issues with it with that at all so and uh that's that's one of the things i looked at and i actually that's one of the things i kind of went wow kyle that was pretty clever to Think about that before you even use the jig for the first time. There you go. There you go. I guess, I guess it's because, you know, I use a table saw slow the time and I have a grill on that. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's, for the same reason. Yeah. Yeah. It's a common yeah. thing. You, by the yeah. way, you have you now have 15 subscribers. Ooh, wow. Yeah. I, I, I just subscribed too. you have almost double my subscribers. I have eight. There you okay, go. OK, well, I'm going to have to look for you after this. Uh, this oh, one. Look too. up Mike. Turn, yeah. Turning. Turning sawdust into groceries is my. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. And... I have, I have eight. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. all, it's all a beginning, right? Like that's right. That's you know, right. Kyle's had, look, he's posted videos huh? for two months and he's got that many. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. I'm well, going to wait, wait for that ad revenue to start coming in now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mike, <laughs> I'm sorry to say I was already one of those subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's funny because sometimes I think it's like, well, what do you want to do? Do you want to make stuff and go with the flow in your shop or do you want to make videos about making Mm -hmm. stuff? And the two, the two for me just don't go together. I I have a hard enough stop time stopping to take pictures. Uh, Mm -hmm. I I really do. Yeah, no. and, And that's been talked about. I mean, when Mark you know, the wood whisperer started his stuff. He would, he would comment all the time. Like this takes twice as long for me oh, to yeah. video this, that as I'm doing it, I mean, it is, it's a lot of, a lot of work. The reason oh. that some, some of these guys, you know, and girls have, have their own editors, you yeah. know, yeah. because yeah. if that, if that's your business, it is legitimate business. Oh, but you know, just- to, like to that end, like I'm, I'm installing these bees yesterday and my wife was like, oh, I really wish I would have gotten, I'm like, a, I'm not a picture taker. B I was busy you know, doing something. She's like, yeah, we have, you know, she asked our son to like catalog it or, you know, record it. And, and he didn't. So like, it's just, it's hard to do. It's not natural to, to, to think in that way to collect and, and, and like Kyle, like if you're spending all the time editing, you know, I mean, that's, Oh yeah. That's as much as it is to do the actual work. Oh, you're busy living your life. Yeah, exactly. And, And it takes forever to shoot the videos. Um, especially for me, but I guess it's some, if you did all the time, you would get much better at it. But, um, but yeah, the editing is, it takes forever and, uh, you know, you're piecing all this. I I was, uh, my wife is going, so what are you doing this evening? I'm going, I'm editing videos all night long. She goes, does it take that long? I go, I got 18 little short videos. I need to put together into one Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it just takes forever. And then when you get finished, you go, 
oh, I forgot to do this. Now you got to go down and, you know, shoot another little quick, you know, uh-huh. uh, video so that you got something on that. And it's just, it's, it, it's a whole process. It's a whole process. I respect the people that do it, but I, I was just like, you know, as soon as I got finished last night, I was going, yep, it's time for a glass of wine. And then three wines <laughs> later, I went, this is good. Uh, <laughs> good enough. <laughs> No, and it actually brings up, yeah. uh, you know, something like, Mike, you, you post a lot of Instagram videos, right? You know. Oh, yeah. In, yeah. In yeah. Your, yeah. 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 Stories. Stories. I yeah, guess. yeah. Stories. Yeah. But between, your, between Mike and Philip Morley, those are the, the biggest story guys I know. <laughs> right. So is that. Are, are horrible, though. No, no, they're not. You know, but they're they're stream of workflow kind of kind of things. You yes, can kind of tell are. as you're yes. going. Is that like every time you stop to take a drink of water, you just pull out your phone and talk about what you just did? Kind of, you know, how do you pace that to produce? And I know you're not editing it. I mean, you're just holding no, a button and, and talking. Yeah, but it's, it's basically me just trying to just trying to take a minute to capture it uh, and just consciously doing it because if i don't you know i i just get so far ahead and i'll forget so it's yeah it's uh, well not necessarily a drink of water probably a drink of rockstar but uh, <laughs> uh uh to keep my brain focused but yeah i mean that's all it is is i stop i just go okay i should stop here and you know and say what's next or or whatever i don't know how good of a job i do at it. i'm trying to get better at it sometimes i look at the stories at the end of the day and go man who wants to watch that rambletron i mean it's li- it's literally like you know philip morley's exactly and it's so funny you said that you know i said yeah i make as much money or not money i make as much videos as this guy you know but nobody cares about mine <laughs> i'm just rambling about you know whatever you know I don't no know. no no you, no you I, I make a lot of them you're informing though. I mean, that's there. Mm-hmm. That's there's yeah. an importance to that. Like, you know, to well, the onlooker, if you weren't explaining it that way, we wouldn't know what yeah. you're doing. Well, and thanks to Aspen Golan, uh, I am gonna make a video about how to do my boxes. Uh, okay. And I'm gonna do it in Instagram stories, and I'm gonna do it just like hers, and I'm gonna pin it in there, and that I can do because I don't have to edit anything. Mm-hmm. All I have to do is take a story and go, okay, I'm doing this, and then it's done, and then I'm doing this, and then it's done, you know? And hmm. so as uh, right now, well, 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 I'm sure we'll get to that, but uh, yeah, that's coming soon. I'm, I'm going to be doing that pretty soon. Very cool. Cool. I already, already, already have uh, one of the pieces of wood picked out, and uh, I think I need three. Alt- yeah, I need a, a lid, a top, and a bottom. Or, yeah, a lid a bottom and then the sides. So I need three pieces of wood, but I already have one or two of them picked out. So, uh, yeah, but it's, you know, it's with these boxes, it's random scraps. So, uh, well, no, no, we definitely want to talk. Interesting. Yeah. Definitely want to talk about your boxes. Yeah. I absolutely love what you're doing there. So mm-hmm. that's great. Mm-hmm. Oh, thanks. Yeah, that's great. Um, let me see. Um, let me just close out what's in the shop for me. Um, just yep. want to give a shout out to, uh, bestwoodtools.com. I got a new 18-inch tool rest for my lathe. I have one of their 24-inch tool rests, but um, the next size I had was a 12-inch, and I was really missing some intermediate size. So I just got their um, 18-inch, and uh, these are basically bar tool rests. It's a one-inch diameter 
steel, hardened steel mm-hmm. rod. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said, I use their 24-inch ones. Uh, the 24-inch the actually requires two banjos. Uh, all the rest of them require just one banjo. And uh, it's absolutely great. It's uh, I, I really enjoy it, and it's a fairly reasonable price uh, for it. And uh, you actually buy the bar, and then you buy uh, different. They have like 40 different posts you can buy. So you can buy a post that will fit your particular lathe, the banjo in your lathe. And um, highly recommend uh, their product. Um, of course, this you know a lot of especially chair makers build their own long um, tool rests, and you can certainly do that. But um, and you would figure with the way I build jigs and stuff, I would have built one. But <laughs> I saw this and went ahead and just bought it. So and like I said, I've used their 24 inch one for a long time, and uh, their 18 inch one seems to be just as nice. Uh, cool. cool. Yeah. So just a quick shout out to them. But uh, Mike, uh, let's get back on to what you're doing. So um, um, I guess, uh, first of all, um, tell us a little bit about your background for people who are not familiar with uh, turning sawdust into growth. Well, uh, (laughs) all started uh, when my dad was a cop when I was a kid. And uh, when he was in college, he worked for a cabinet shop and he never liked the politics of being a cop, never liked, you know, Mm-hmm. trying trying to move upward in the chain and uh when i was a kid he went back to being uh, a carpenter and uh started a stair business doing stairs and stair railings and building cabinets out of our garage and all that when i was about 13 so uh i didn't have like normal uh christmas and and <laughs> summer vacations and stuff like that i spent a lot of time working uh instead and so, you know, I, a lot of, you know, people grow up in a cabinet shop or whatever. I grew up bending curved handrail, which is a weird, you know, it's a weird thing. People mm-hmm. are really, really afraid of bent lamination. You know, we would do it and, you know, like it was no big deal. So I, you know, I always thought it was no big deal. Uh, so I did that for about 15 years uh, you know, making curved freestanding stairs, you know, just doing regular handrails. Uh, I can't remember the account name on Instagram, but I just started following them. It's a joiner in Britain and he, uh, he makes the custom, you know, the rail transitions, the, mm-hmm. you, you know, the, the up easings and the curves and stuff like that. I used to do that for us. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Um, uh, that was how I got into carving, you know, how I just take a block of base. It was really funny because you take the, the cutoff from the null post, you know, that you cut off the right. bottom of it mm-hmm. and you bolt that in between two pieces of rail and then carve what you wanted in there. And, huh. you know, I, I thought that was normal too, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, you just do this, yeah. you know, you just take mm-hmm. the belt sander and the grinder and, you know, the chisels and never even had a carving tool ever, uh, all, did it all with a belt sander, a grinder, and the yellow handle Stanley chisels. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sharp, sharpened on a belt sander. That's like, like you do, yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. That's that was that was the extent of my fine woodworking for the first fifteen years, <laughs> and then I and then I worked in a uh, I moved away and and worked in a uh, architectural mill workshop where we built every wood component for a 15,000 square foot mansion, uh, 
over the course of a year and, and anywhere from patterns for the curved windows to building all the windows, building all the doors, building a curved freestanding staircase, all this stuff. And that was kind of my first experience with a, a couple hand planes, but then uh, moved across the country out to the West Coast here, almost the West Coast in northern Nevada and uh, started and working maybe on... Maybe someday. Maybe someday. Yeah. Started working on... Uh, vacation mansions for uh, Fortune 500 CFOs and CEOs, uh, you know, that they that are located in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they have their vacation house up at Tahoe that they visit, you know, a month, a year total, maybe, and uh, working on all their houses. And those were extremely high end, not quite like the like the Biltmore Estate or the Hearst Castle, but, you know, T&M stuff that that duplicated like green and green elements, you know, mm-hmm. we did a whole, whole house that had, uh, you know, green, a whole bunch of green and green, basically duplicating stuff at the gamble house. Uh, which is uh, funny also because I went to the gamble house on a tour and the guy said, Oh, you can't do any of this today. And I go, I've done it four times, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can do yeah. it today. You know, we did four houses that look just like this inside. So, uh, it requires yeah, the but, same thing that, uh, green and green required money. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of it. Yeah. Yeah. Do this, make it look good. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah. And that's when I met my mentor, uh, who had gone to the College of the Redwoods and, you know, knew how to sharpen, knew how to use planes and all that. And coincidentally, uh, he had a like a European workbench that he brought out to this mansion, you know, job site, which, you know, after 20 years of working on this, that's still like unheard of. Nobody at a job site has a real workbench or, you know, but he brought a, a real workbench with him and then... I, we actually shared the bench. He worked off of one side. I worked off of the other side. So basically I got this, you know, one-on-one lesson on how to do all this stuff, you know, on how to sharpen scrapers, how to sharpen the hand plane chisels, you know, what all this stuff was. And that's, that's, that's where I learned everything really. And then combine that with all the stuff, you know, take the bending the handrail, take the shaping, you know, freeform shaping of wood and all that. And that's, that's where all my stuff comes from, you know, from my dad who is, you know, hurry up, let's get it done. But just an incredible, you know, just super ingenious, you know, on how to make things quickly and, and make money. My dad was always good at making money. I am slow. I've always been (laughs) slow. I'll never, I'll never be fast. Uh, but yeah. No, that's funny because that's that's my dad's excuse to not in retirement go into any cabinet making because he's too slow. He knows he couldn't make money. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I, oh man, I I've made cabinets, uh, you know, doing stuff in in my shop. I made cabinets and that God, I made some laundry room cabinets out of white melamine, and <laughs> I made the least amount of money that I've ever made in my <laughs> shop making melamine cabinet. I mean, I think I literally calced it out to like seven dollars an hour because it was so because it was so frustrating. And, you know, uh, one of the cabinets was angled and just all this stuff that just didn't I don't know why it didn't compute. I don't think it computed because it wasn't wood Uh, (laughs) challenges and and, and I hated it, you know, and I didn't really want to do it. So, 
I think that's a good lesson. You know, if you really don't want to do something, you don't force yourself to do it, you know, mm-hmm. for yeah. money. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in that same frame of mind right now uh, because yeah. my wife wants some picture frames. I really don't want to do them. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm well, thinking about store. I was thinking about store bought one. You can you can make those fun though. Yeah, those, yeah. But you can't yeah. make melamine cabinets fun. No, I don't <laughs> think you can. So are you still no. doing um, uh, custom millwork? Uh, not since COVID nineteen. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. My uh, in my COVID quarantine, uh, I literally got ghosted from my mm-hmm. normal guy. You know, it's like uh, is my thing coming up, and then. Uh, crickets her crickets that's 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 it uh so yeah i got nothing and i've taken the covid quarantine and just decided to uh you know go all in on getting my little business going and Mm -hmm. so yeah non-stop that's that's what i've been doing uh ever since i i didn't have to make stuff i didn't want to make i've been making stuff i wanted to make okay go well, t- well, tell us about what you're making. Uh, you know, one of the things I know you're making a bunch of stuff, but one of the things I'm interested in is your little Cooper boxes that you're making. Those are really yeah, the, fantastic. The Cooper boxes started last year, and I made the 11 sided Cooper box with uh, with the little cove sides, and then there was like the beads of uh, old reclaimed rosewood, and that was just something that popped into my head. Uh, you know, inspired by some other stuff that I had seen and really inspired. It it was kind of a long, a long term idea that kind of kept, you know, changing in my head. And it's really inspired by like some of the Garrett hack stuff and his, Mm -hmm. his, his coopered cabinet, you know, uh, that's kind of where that inspiration came from. Cause that cabinet is so beautiful. And then, you know, then I got to meet him at fine woodworking live and, and, you know, talk to him. He's such a down to earth, super nice guy, you know, answered every question, showed us all kinds of cool stuff in his, in his, uh, presentation. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's where my idea came from. And then, you know, I, I, I see all kinds of people selling tea boxes and all, you know, Mm-hmm. things like like uh copper pig woodworking paul you know he makes gorgeous boxes and then i thought well you know those people are selling boxes i could sell some boxes you know if i make them unique mm-hmm. and so you know my goal is to not do anything normal you know i just the all the different amounts of sides are just being contrary you know it's like why make a rectangle box or make a hexagon if i don't want to make a hexagon why don't i make a septagon seven sides you know, mm-hmm. it's just math. It's just setting the angle on your table saw. You know, it's right. real, it's it's not rocket science. Uh, so so know, what's and, the most most sided box you've made so far? Uh, 20, 20, 20, wow. 20. Hmm. I, I, well, yeah, which ends up just being like a Cooper tray. Yeah. Uh, and that was one of my dice trays. Uh, I'm also making like a whole line of stuff for, you know, tabletop gamers that play Dungeons and Dragons, stuff mm-hmm. like that. That's mm-hmm. one of the things things I'm trying out. And uh, yeah, and then uh, I just made a heart shaped coopered box that I finished for my. It's not finished, almost finished for my wife's birthday, mm-hmm. uh, and that turned out pretty well. That was the hardest one because there is no math, you know. Right. That's yeah. that's that's all. Uh, you know, what's this next angle? And that's all, you know, no shooting board, uh, you know, just planing stuff to the angle 
and, you know, trying to make it fit doing, you know, four different sections and getting those to kind of look like each other and then putting those sections together. And that was really, really difficult. That's actually the second one. Uh, the first one, uh, I kind of gave up on cause I got really frustrated and I thought, well, maybe I'll just start over. And so that one was really hard. And, uh, but I really like making those and they're the difference, you know, about making those compared to making another box that I think a lot of people would like is that it takes so little wood. I mean, mm-hmm. if you think about how much wood it takes to make like a, a fancy tea box or whatever, you know, a lot of people don't want to make a really small, you know, like square box, but if you make a Cooper box, it's a little bit bigger than that and it's unique. And, you know, when you have it sitting there, it, it's pretty and it really doesn't take much wood. I mean, you'd be shocked at, you know, what a little piece of wood you can make all the sides with, mm-hmm. you know, because basically you're resawing them down to like three A's. So right. any little three quarter inch piece of scrap that's like, you know, two or three inches wide and, and, you know, maybe six inches long, that's enough for the sides for a box. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, you have, you have the whole outside of the box and then the lids and the bottoms, you know, I'm just doing book, book matched, uh, you know, some little figured piece book matched or rip and flip, you know, right. for the bottoms. I really yeah. like the rip and flip. And it looks like uh, the, these are uh, typical box making where you're, once you have the Cooper box all together, then you saw off the top, correct? Yes. And, yeah. and make a, make a liner for the inside. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It looks like uh, you do some interesting things making the liners. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, with the latest ones, you know, the first ones were a little rougher, you know, I mean, it's just how everything works. You know, the first right. ones are not as good. Uh, the last batch that I made, which was the cherry fluted side boxes, uh, with mm-hmm. the crotch walnut tops and the curly, you know, then if it had one kind of a top, I matched the liner to the top. You know, so if it had a, a curly walnut top, I made the liner out of walnut. If it had a curly quarter sawn white oak top, I made a, a quarter sawn white oak liner. Uh, yeah, thankfully, you know, this this it's so little material uh, that I really don't have to buy any material to make these boxes. You know, every like all of us, I have a big stash of lumber. So, you know, thankfully, you know, with all this going on, I don't have any outlay. Mm-hmm. For making these boxes mm-hmm. just time you know i have a lot lots of pieces and i still have a whole bunch of boxes left to make i have a uh you know a bunch of sides already cut and rubber banded together and right a whole bunch of tops and bottoms i just had to take a break after i finished the cherry ones i just had to step back for a, a little while and that's when i decided to make my wife that necklace stand i don't know if you saw that yeah uh, i was i was yeah, man you're 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 doing the segues for me <laughs> I was just about to say, I I love that necklace, Stan. I was wondering if that's something you're going to maybe uh, make to sell, too. uh, I made patterns. Uh, I made a list uh, (laughs) of the stuff so I could. Beautiful, yeah. uh, Oh, thank you. Uh, Yeah, it's it's based on a mid-century ladderback chair design, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, Danish Danish modern. Uh, She always loved those. Uh, Our whole bedroom suite, we're lucky enough to pick up at a thrift store. couple years ago and it's all mid-century teak uh yeah oh yeah it was a total score and so she has a mid-century teak you know low long dresser has Mm -hmm. the mid-century cats hanging on the wall i made a custom mirror that goes over it but her necklaces uh 
she was selling, I can't remember the brand name of the jewelry, but it's not around anymore anyway, so I don't have to. But anyway, uh, she has all this jewelry that has the little different things that snap onto it. And the necklaces are really long and they're longer than all the normal necklace holders. So she would have her necklaces hanging on there, but they'd basically be laying on the dresser. So right. she had no idea I was making it. I just measured her longest necklace and, and then made the thing that looked like a ladder back chair. And the funny part is that I made it out of a chair. Yeah. Uh, we, we had bought a, we had bought a probably a eighties, uh, teak Danish chair at a garage sale. Uh, you know, whenever it was out in the barn and, uh, you know, for like five or 10 bucks, but you know, teak is 30 bucks a board foot. So, uh, you know, if you want to make something out of teak, it's always, you know, I go to thrift stores and stuff. If I see a teak platter or whatever, I buy it, you know, I mean, it's 30 bucks worth of teak for $2 or whatever, you know, I'll turn it into something else. And, uh, yeah. So the, you can see the, on my Instagram pictures that I actually took apart the chair and mm-hmm. then, uh, and then reshape the pieces. I cut a bridle joint in the bottom for the foot, uh, you know, left it tall so I could get that sculpted joint look. That was my first sculpted joint like that ever. And, uh, well, wow. You did a great job with it. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Uh, yeah, I love, I love, uh, I love bridle joints because they're so easy to fix and so easy to, to get tuned in, uh, you know, if you cut it too small, you can just glue a little sliver back on the side. And, uh, you know, if it's too big, you can just make it a little smaller with a plane. Mm-hmm. And it look, it looks good after it's together. And then uh, cutting those back slats was pretty simple. You know, I just did the rough shape on the bandsaw. And those are all hand-shaped with a, with a spoke shave and, mm-hmm. uh, and a scraper. But, yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun. And uh, it's just doweled together. I was going to do some fancier stuff, but I just used dowels. And, and I, I was getting to the end of my deadline for uh, Mother's Day. So, uh, yeah, there's no pictures <laughs> of that, you know. Uh, no pictures of that. No pictures of the whole doweling because I didn't have time. I had to get that thing done. So so what do you use for the finish? Uh, let's see. Finish was just shellac. Yep, that's what mm-hmm. Oh, and that is one thing I wanted to talk about. Uh, there's a new shellac new to me. I'm pretty sure it's new to the market and it's available from Amazon, uh, with a little extra research. It's imported by a woodworking place out of Austin, Texas, I think. Just down the road. Yeah, but it's on, uh, it's on Amazon and it's called old world shellac and it's fantastic. Hmm. I mean, and I've used that, uh, what's that, B, T, and C? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, what I normally I, use. Yeah. I, I have that stuff, and that stuff is miles better than, you know, just the Zinser. Right. Whatever. This stuff is even better than that. This stuff mm. is fantastic. If It works so well. And I, I recently made up, a, you know, doing these boxes, I made up a huge batch of the fancy stuff, and uh, I actually started running out. So I bought this old world and it works even better. It go, it just goes on so well. And, uh, I don't know. It's, 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 it's easier. That's all, you know, that's the best way I can describe it. It just, it works so well. It's just easier. Well, I've been quiet here cause I'm adding a wish list. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and I bought, I bought both colors. I bought the, I bought the blonde and the garnet and I don't, yeah. I think it might have two or three colors. Yeah. I'm, bought, I'm seeing, I bought the I'm garnet. Seeing. Yeah, blonde, a garnet, orange, and patina. 
Yeah, I'm interested garnet, in what patina is. The so. garnet is really not that dark. Okay. I mean, it's really. Uh, I would say it's almost lighter than like the orange zincer shellac. You know. Mm-hmm. You ever use? Yeah, the amber. Mm-hmm. It's it's almost lighter than that. Uh, but it. So there's a combination of the of the blonde and the and the garnet on the on the necklace stand. Hmm. But it, yeah, it's, it's, it it works so well. Huh. And it looks like it's it's fairly. I mean, it's competitive. I want to say it's it's, it's even not competitive. A, it's half the price. Yeah. Well, I was about <laughs> to say it looks like it's half the price of what at it least is, Amazon pricing for uh, it is, the BTC stuff. The, yeah. It's half the price. Yeah. Even if you go to Tools for Woodworking. Where the where the stuff comes from, I think uh, mm-hmm. um, it's not quite half price, but you know, hmm. it's it's definitely less, and it works amazingly well. That's awesome. Good recommendation. And it, dissol- it dissolves very well. You know, I ha- actually had a hard time uh, dissolving the other stuff. Well, not a hard time. It just took a yeah. lot longer than I thought. This stuff dissolved right away. No, I, I got a, I, I got I, a tip for dissolving. Actually, it. Uh, um um oh who was it that came up with it but anyway what what you do is you put um put your uh, shellac into a mason jar with your alcohol and uh then you uh, chuck up the uh the um, jar into your lathe yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh and just spin the hell out of it Holy well God. not spin the hell out of it just keep it on low for about 30 minutes all. oh okay so just awesome. uh, yeah. i don't have i don't have low i i have i have <laughs> I have a belt that you have to move back and forth. So, oh, I don't, yeah, I don't know. you can't uh, do the yeah, the yeah, no, nah, yeah, it doesn't I, go slow enough for that. Yeah, I wish. I think, I think it was uh, uh, Clark Kellogg. Clark, yeah, Clark came up with that. Yeah, yep. that's where I first yep. saw it. So, yeah, yeah, that was that was genius. Yeah, it is. So, uh, but but yeah, yeah. So, well, that that's fantastic. So, um, so you so you have the Cooper boxes, and you have yeah. the uh, hopefully the necklace uh, rack. That's I like I said, yeah. that, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I noticed uh, uh, you've been uh, getting on the uh, brush bandwagon with Aspen and a few others. Yeah, I had to make a couple of those uh, yeah. to start out. I I I I didn't have. Uh, you know, with the long shipping and all that, I didn't really mm-hmm. have the time to wait for the brushes. So I just bought a couple cheap, different kind of brushes from Home Depot and mm-hmm. took them apart. And uh, you still have to bundle all the bristles and everything just like you do. Uh, yeah. You know, they're actually not pre-done. They're actually all stapled in when you buy a, a you know, a mass-produced brush. Mm-hmm. But any, anyways, that's a lot of fun, you know, to do little free-form sculptures. I actually have a couple more in the works in the shop. They'll They'll be down the line a little bit. I have a whole bunch of bristles uh, already ready to everything. But, uh, yeah, that was just like a little fill-in. As soon as I as, – literally, as soon as I saw those brushes and I was like, man, I got to make one of those. Those are neat. I know. And, and I saw it because uh, Philip Morley made his, you yeah. know. And, of course, you know, he made something that looks like, you know, you know, Bill Gates would take it out. Of, Bill Gates Butler would take it out of his pocket and, you know, sweep the table with it. It's like, holy cow, pal! That's that thing is really something yeah. special. But I, I just, I just want a little bit more free form. Uh, yeah. I actually uh, sent one of them away uh, with a box I just sold uh, to uh, a friend who has a birthday coming up. Uh, so I won't, I won't say who or 
or what, but yeah, there's a, there's a, one of those little brushes is in there, uh, with the box as a, you know, extra little bonus surprise. And, uh, and, uh, yeah. So in in the future, you know, I have a whole bunch more boxes. Uh, there's going to be some more regular ones, uh, regular, just, you know, odd sided. Uh, there's, uh, at least a half a dozen or more, uh, the, uh, the, coved sided coopered boxes and then uh yeah i really like the cove one mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> excuse me and i and i have a couple mallets that i just glued up i i saw the the crazy mallets that uh frank howarth made mm-hmm. and and then i looked at a couple other mallets and somebody else made a mallet uh brad fair woodworking uh made a couple mallets and i was like man i really i don't know why i don't have a mallet like that and i had all these crazy little squares of purple heart wenge and curly maple Mm -hmm. that i literally cut up in 1998 uh, for making christmas ornaments or something Uh and i polished them up you know they were just little squares and i polished them up and finished them and you know put some hooks on them and then you know they almost made the tree fall over because (laughs) because wenge and purple yeah. heart are like the heaviest woods there are and yeah, i'm like exactly yeah that was yeah. that was stupid and i threw all these in a box and i've literally carried them them around ever since then you know in case there was some you know little thing for them and they're about about three by three squares mm-hmm. and uh i just saw them the other day and i was like okay those are going away they're getting made into they're getting made into a mallet and uh, basically I'm doing the mallet kind of the op I don't even know if they're gonna work uh, uh, in the long run but they're they're long grain across you right. know so the, perpendicular 90 degrees every mm-hmm. layer's 90 degrees to the other one and so it'll be more like a bowl turning you know a side grain mm-hmm. end grain. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. but every face of the mallet will have end grain so it'll be nice and hard. And then, uh, and then I held a whole bunch of uh, the liners for the boxes that were thinner, uh, that there wasn't enough, you know, to make another box out of. And those are those are only about an eighth of an inch thick. So I used those to, you know, so I experimented. I glued one up with uh, West System uh, G Flex. Uh, I glued another one up uh, where I added some color to the epoxy. Uh, west system g flex and then i just glued one up out of type bond three hmm. and so so those are going to be coming pretty soon i got to find something lighter for the handles but i'm going to copy the blue spruce right mm-hmm. they they use uh they use um that resin looks, impregnated well, yeah no not not that fancy uh but mm-hmm. the way they construct the mallet there's uh basically are you talking about like, the bigger mallet or the small round mallet? the just the their round? carving mallet has okay, a yeah. has like a bolt inside yeah you yes, know yeah yeah that kind of reinforces that joint and so i'm gonna do that uh which also adds a little weight to the head um mm-hmm. but yeah that those those will be my first experimental mallets you know i've made other mallets before but not not a turned mallet so that's another experiment coming up i have a a bathroom cabinet that's a dovetailed case uh that i have to make the back for and also inspired by Philip Morley, uh, that little shelf unit that he auctioned off, that little yes, wall yes. unit that he auctioned off with the, yeah. the cool panels and the grain going different ways. I'm basically going to make a back that kind of mimics that, uh, that's going to go in the back of this cabinet. And 
is for my bathroom, you know, for toilet paper and all that other nonsense. I think we have a mm. couple old fruit crates in there now that hold all that stuff, but uh, it's a hickory cabinet. And so it'll have, you know, it'll be also be a good way to use up, you know, weird little pieces of wood. Cause instead of having a big frame and panel, it'll probably have, you know, five or six panels, you know, and kind of random sizes in the, mm-hmm. in the back of a rectangle. Uh, so that's coming up. And then I also just disassembled, uh, some old PA speakers that I'm going to make a guitar amplifier extension cabinet out of a, a four, oh, a four cool. speaker, four wow. speaker cabinet, which will be a, a dovetailed box. Uh, that's coming up soon. Uh, let's see. Yeah. That's all that's on my list. More boxes. <laughs> oh, more. Just, just that much. Oh, that's all. Jeez. That's all. Well, you know, I don't, I don't have any, I don't have any work. Uh, so, yep. uh, I'm, I'm doing this and, uh, you know, trying to build up my Instagram, uh, you know, so it helps support the sales of the boxes. Mm-hmm. I just did a Instagram promotion that was fantastic. Uh, I've never done one of those before, but that was pretty great. And, uh, yeah. So if you see a promotion coming up, I'm, I'm sorry if it bugs you, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but I, I'll, I'll, I'll be doing a couple more pretty soon. Uh, cause it works. And well, uh, uh, the, the ones from people I know don't bug me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Very true. That's good. Yeah. yeah, there are some weird ones on there. There are some weird. Well, what 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 is really interesting on some of those promotions is uh, I'll scroll down on promotion and it and it shows that I liked it and I didn't like it. Ooh. Oh wow. Yeah, the I mean, little the red heart is already bit. red, you know, and I'm like, yeah, I didn't I didn't like it. You know? <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying well, I don't like it, but it's just like all of a sudden, uh, I don't know, maybe it's just that's, me. That's an opt out, not opt in kind of situation. Right? Yeah, like, yeah. They're like, yeah, maybe obviously. there's some setting that I opt into all of them. I don't know. Right. <laughs> maybe maybe you liked it when it was just a regular post. No, could, be. could be. You, you okay. actually you actually just promote a post. You you basically kind of pick your. Yeah. You know, you pick your post that did the best, and then you promote it. So there's mm. already a bunch of likes on it, probably. Yeah. And, probably. and that's that's kind of how it works. But man, yeah. does it do, it does work? Uh, you know, I'm I'm just blown away. Like Barbie's wood shop, I'm sure you've seen that. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, and just you know, five thousand followers now. <laughs> insane. You know, I mean, and there there's only like thirty posts or something like that. You know. Yeah, yeah, and even got a uh, interview by uh, Nancy Hill. Yeah, I know. I got a kick oh, out yeah, of that. Yeah. That was hilarious. <laughs> oh, her profiles she's been doing are fantastic. They Absolutely. are. Yeah, they and Anissa and uh, Megan Fitzpatrick mm-hmm. and uh, right. those are great. And then and then uh, uh, Schwarz picked uh, profiles that don't talk back. He did all the profiles of the workbenches. Uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, those are great too. Yeah, those, those are fantastic, yeah. And anyway, you also have a, a Etsy shop. It's called the TSIG, Turning Sawdust into Groceries Shop. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. anyone that wants to see what uh, Mike has for sale, go over to Etsy. It's Again, that's the yeah. TSIG shop, all one word. Yep, and you can find that link through my uh, Instagram profile also. Okay, excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, I actually have sold some of them. I'll even count the relatives that bought them, but I have yeah. sold some boxes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, yeah, they're yeah. they're fun it, to make. That they feel great in the hand because they're not square. Uh, mm-hmm. 
that's the other good part about them, you know, is that a lot of boxes you don't necessarily pick up. They just sit there. But these, you kind of, you like to pick them up and, you know, the, all the tops are all piston fit, you know, so mm-hmm. you can play You can play with your box. You can let the, let the lid fall slowly and... <laughs> Oh, fantastic! Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, and and uh, like I said, the, these these are these are great boxes, and, and they're they're priced well, and uh, I think they make great gifts. Just fantastic. Oh, thank you. Yeah, if you got uh, if you got someone that's got a birthday or anniversary or something like that coming up, these would be yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So, de- depending on how long this goes on, I'll have a bunch of different stuff. I I still have uh, twenty. 20 inch felder planer blades uh they're going to be turned into marking knives at some point wow uh so th- that'll that'll be like a hundred marking knives or something at least so <laughs> oh wow. you know getting my hoarder on <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> well that's fantastic well, what do you say we move on to our fortnightly beer choices and right. uh, for our listeners we are recording this on a saturday uh, early afternoon at this point, yes. or, or and, still morning for Mike. Or still morning for Mike. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, so um, I'm going to dip into a little Tito's uh, vodka, but that's going to be later today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, that would be my recommendation. Anyone's not familiar with Tito's, I think almost everybody is. It's distributed nationally, but it's a uh, Texas uh, uh, distillery yeah. that. Uh, that makes a vodka, and it's 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 a damn fine vodka. If I say is it, so. See, now, so, I, yeah. I I've heard about it a bunch, and mm-hmm. it seems to me like is it an elevated house brand? Like like was it super common at some point, and now it's just kind of got a better name for it? Or no, no, I don't know, does Tito's? It seems like very familiar, and yeah. then all well, of a sudden it's very liked. Yeah, you know. well, they're out of San Antonio, and um, I, I think they make they make a really really good you know vodka at a yeah. really you know reasonable price. It's competitive with all your you know uh, more mainstream brands, and I think that's that's why they got it. Is, is, is that's why they're so popular now? Is because you get a little bit you get a little bit extra quality for the for the same money. Yeah, um, interesting. Yeah, I'll yeah. To, I'll have to try it. I'm not a, I'm not a huge yeah. vodka guy, but uh, yeah, hmm. yeah. So. Anyway, um, you know, for for I think my favorite vodka is a vodka called Shustov, but it's a Ukrainian vodka that's kind of hard to find, but um, it's it's a little bit more pricey than Tito's, but Tito's is is right up there with uh, with the best out there. Hmm. I think better than most. So, wow. and All it's right. a great San Antonio distillery, so you know, there you, you go. You got to support my local Texans here. <laughs> so, uh, Sean, what are you drinking? So I picked up a. a, a a common uh, summer type uh, beer, Bell's Oberon, is out. I was in the store the other day, and they've got cases and cases of it. It's a nice, just American wheat ale, a um, little citrusy, um, and I don't know if it, it's Bell's is everywhere. I think they're pretty wide, mm-hmm. widely distributed, but the Oberon is a, is a nice lighter wheat ale. Mm-hmm. Uh, just finished my second one because it's it's two thirty my time. That's, That's early right. or late enough for me there. Bureau clock. On a weekend. On a weekend. <laughs> Do we have weekends anymore? I mean, when I saw I saw that I earlier. I said, "Sorry, can you help me out? Is it Thursday or June? I can't tell." <laughs> like, <laughs> for for me, this is tiring. I've been working seven days a week since since this whole thing started. You know, I, I'm, and I'm I'm more tired. 
Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm 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 working in my basement. Literally, I I can reach behind mm. where I'm sitting now, and that's my work computer. But I found myself just yesterday going, eh, I could do a little more. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's like legitimately my office. Like I'm yeah. I'm just doing work, oh, work yeah. and I'm like, there's no there's no like impetus to leave really. Oh, and yeah. so you kind of can get drawn into that in a weird yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had what? that I had that happen to me. You know, when we had one of our. Um, many natural uh, uh, natural disasters here on the mm, Gulf Coast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had to work from home for like uh, three months or so while they rebuilt our offices. And, um, yeah, it's really easy to get sucked in, and all of a sudden you're putting in, you know, 70, 80 hours a week and not even realizing it and not taking enough breaks. You know, you got to you got to yeah. kind of discipline yourself to say, you know, if you're one of those that, you know, is a workaholic type person, you got to mm-hmm. – sort of put some rules hey at you know 5 30 i'm done yeah, i'm done <laughs> yeah, or what <laughs> for real i'm done right yeah I, i'm no workaholic but i have just found a, a lot of inspiration to just keep yeah. going you yeah know? if you're That's doing awesome. something if you're doing something you love it's yeah hey, yeah more it's completely more. it's completely different yeah for sure yeah so uh so mike what are you drinking i think tonight is going to be an old-fashioned old-fashioned Maybe with some old Oberholt uh, rye, Ooh, and uh, nice. yeah, I think that's. Right. I think yeah. I think that's going to be it. That sounds pretty good. I know I have an orange in the fruit bowl, so uh, yeah. There you go. Yeah, I think when I order a mixed drink these days, um, most of the time it's uh, old fashioned or a uh, Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I like those, yeah. and I love a good Sazerac too. Ooh, yes, yes. What is a Sazerac? I'm it's not a, a. It's been a while a, since I've had one. Of those, a yes. Sazerac is basically an old-fashioned kind of with uh, it has uh, absinthe rinse in the glass. So you put mm. absinthe in the glass and rinse it around, pour the absinthe back out, and then make the basically an old-fashioned. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Is absinthe still illegal in some states? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it, used last, be, it used to be illegal. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like the the airport bo- airplane bottles. There's a like a little bottle, little bit bigger than that, and I've had it for years because mm-hmm. you little literally just rinse it around and I pour it through a funnel right back into the like bottle. The bottle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah I have a much. a friend of mine got me some actual Czech absinthe when he was there after his yeah. graduate school, and right. um. I've never opened it, but it's like true wormwood absinthe, like yeah. tr- traditional ass style. When and I think I got it yeah, when it was so still illegal. So <laughs> <You know? smart. laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I shit, I've never cracked it open, and uh, <laughs> you know, well, it's just sitting in a tiny bottle. It's well, basically ca- kind of like a licorice flavor. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I gotta find a way to make an old fashioned and and absinthe it up. There, there you go. go. Hmm. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, Mike, where can folks find you on the uh, interwebs? Uh, I'm at Turning Sawdust into Groceries on Instagram, uh, T-S-I-G Mike on Twitter, and uh, you can find my goods on Etsy at the T-S-I-G shop, all one word, and uh, in my shop, if you know where that is, because I'm never leaving uh, again until Mm. this is over. <laughs> and and maybe and maybe for you know for the good like maybe this just turns into a business that you know you can continue in. Well, I've been trying to turn it into a business. Uh, this is just a, a bigger push. You know, I really mm-hmm. don't have anything else to do, so I'm doing it. Yeah. Well, well good luck. Good Absolutely. Luck. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll keep your boxes in, 
in line in mind and uh can't wait yeah. to see can't wait for the t-shirts to come. Oh, yeah. oh yeah those are coming soon uh they're not very fancy uh i'm working on a logo these are mostly just text but uh i have a couple actually have two different batches so uh maybe we'll show those around see which ones people like and uh i have a little bit of a stock of them uh you know because yeah kind of have to do a minimum order but right yeah mm-hmm. And for anybody that anybody out there that uh, makes money or makes a living uh, getting dirty with dust, there you go. For you, good, good, fantastic. I have to wear well, shoes in my basement because there's dust all over the place. There you there go. You go. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sean, where can folks find you on the interwebs? I'm uh, Sean W78 on most every social platform, uh, including Untapped, where I I probably won't check in over on today because I've already done it at some point, but check me out there. How about you, Kyle? You can always find me at Barton.Kyle on Instagram, the only social media platform that matters. And with that, that just about wraps it up for this show. So if you haven't already, please subscribe to the show on the podcatcher of your choice. Just search for the Modern Woodworkers Association. Then you'll never miss any of our exciting episodes. And while you're there, please leave us a review. And thank you for listening to the Modern Woodworkers Association. If you like the show, be sure to visit modernwoodworkersassociation.com where you can follow the MWA on Twitter at MWA underscore national or on Instagram at MWA underscore podcast or like us on Facebook at the uh, MWA. Find us there. Uh, The best thing you can do is tell a friend. Word of mouth goes a long way in sharing our discussion. So uh, get out there. Calculate how many sides you're going to need in your box. Cooper those (laughs) sides. And uh, and have fun. <laughs>